0: they you know grew their gross uh sacrificial what do you call it sacrament sacrament sacramental mm-hmm. wine. The sacrament uh sorry <laughs> I,
2: I want my wine to have more sacrifices involved
0: oh my god of, i feel like it is a sacrifice when i drink too much right
2: hey, yeah probably.
0: okay thank you're, you
2: yeah you're, you're sacrificing tomorrow for today hey,
0: thank <laughs> you i think that should be the name <laughs> the name of some wine <laughs>
1: Everyone's got to say fanatics. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome to Star Trek Lower Decks Fanatics. This is Claire Kramer. First of all, hi, how are ya? I am here with my co-host David Magadoff. Say hi, David. Hi. Prove your existence. (laughs) Hi, David. Hi, David. Uh, We are talking, of course, about Star Trek Lower Decks. We're talking about episode five today, and our guest is Jillian Vigman, who's amazing and a personal friend of mine. But before we get into all that, if you guys are just tuning in in the middle of this run, we are interviewing basically every cast member of Lower Decks and discussing each episode. I wouldn't necessarily call it a recap. I wouldn't call it a review. Just kind of like, you know, David and Claire's thoughts on each episode. (laughs) Quick
2: ideas, quick thoughts. Quick quick ideas, quick
1: thoughts. And then we're interviewing cast members, as I said.
2: And today's guest is Jillian Vigman, who plays Dr. Tana In Star Trek Lower Decks, as you know know we're talking about, she's been in so many things. The Hangover, Step Brothers, Life Sentence New Girl. She's wonderful. And Claire, you know her uh, as a human being.
1: I love Jillian. We have kids in school together. She is an amazing human being. She is an amazingly funny human being. And today she's coming on to talk about her love of California wines.
2: Amazing. So episode five. Star Trek Lower Decks, Paramount+, Plus. let's talk about this for a second. By the way, if you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to like, subscribe, add, share, any verb. We love you guys. Thanks for being with us on this wonderful journey of fanaticisms. Uh, Rutherford, the character on Star Trek Lower Decks on Paramount+, Plus, uh, season three, he has someone in his head who is, in fact, himself from, I'm just going to say it, like it's a version of him from 10 years ago, but I love the idea of, that he is fighting within his own head with an actual pre-programmed version of himself. Do you ever feel that way, Claire? Because I know I do.
1: Well, first of all, I thought it was hilarious when he was like, you're the older version of me. And the guy's like, no, I'm the younger version of you, <laughs> which is a conversation that goes through my head every time I look in the mirror. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I I often feel like Claire one and Claire two are battling it out. <laughs> in the depths of my brain that's what made inside out such a great movie and i feel like there was a slight inspiration for this episode from the pixar movie inside out you know just a little just a little yeah but that i also want to call out this is why i love the genre the animation you know genre and and medium is because things that you can't of course, we have CGI and we have all these special effects abilities nowadays, but things that you just aren't realistic on camera become just completely acceptable in animation. And and I love it. You can tell such amazing, like, creative stories. So this was a great example of the genre taking full advantage of of yeah. the liberties of storytelling, I felt.
2: Yes, I agree. I thought that was very well said, Claire. And I literally have nothing else. To, okay, to have. great. Some, sometimes people just say things perfectly. I'm like, you, you nailed it. I that mean, is exactly you know why animation sometimes is the reason uh, things are animated.
1: The reason for Perfect. the season. <laughs> reason for
2: the season. Uh, but great episode. So fun uh, it is. We're going down a journey with these people. I hope you enjoy listening to our wonderful conversation with Jillian. She's com. enjoy so do we believe in the phrase rosé all day
0: oh my gosh yay oh is that too loud david
2: no i was just excited I, I i pushed back because of your your enthusiasm
0: yes and i think you meant rosé <laughs> rosé <Rose-yay laughs> all day um yeah i think if if you if it's hot out a rosé or anything from California, but also Italian white, mwah! It's a beautiful thing,
1: Jillian. What what makes rosé so drinkable during the day? Like, what is it? What we're talking about wines today? Give me your knowledge.
0: I I would say, I mean, this is my own personal feelings, but I think there's a reason why people like it. It's light, and most times it's crisp. There is um, a certain. I, I'll be honest, I don't really like f- really fruit fruity wine. I don't like them super fruit forward, but I I think about those years as a teenager, and to date myself, I'm 50. And we would drink uh Bartles and James, which was sort of like the like the like the sippy cup version of, I believe, like a rose. Like you would, it had a little bit of that fruitiness. Now this is the grown-up, drier, crisper version that still has that. It, you, it's like you're drinking a La Croix, but with booze. There's a whole reason why people now drink <laughs> booze in a can, because usually it's lighter stuff and people can enjoy during the day and not drive home, but call an Uber and still feel like they're not so wasted they can't kiss their kids goodbye, good night, or goodbye. <laughs> I got one other
2: thing, Claire, before you get going. I got another kind of silly, but kind of serious and important question for me, because Jillian, I know you've got an opinion or two. Oh. And I want to hear it. Men and women, yes, and anyone else—they, everybody—who are in an airplane, yes—and it's nine a.m., and the wait- steward comes around and says, "I would like a glass of wine." Mm-hmm. How do we feel about morning wine on the plane? Ah,
0: uh, first of all, morning wine was my favorite record that NPR played in nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> Secondly, I have to say that it, we were just—my uh, husband and I were just talking about this. He's like, "I don't understand that people." want to drink as soon as I get on planes or you see them lined up at, or they're sitting at bars at 9 a.m. I'm like, are you kidding? It's sort of like the closest thing to an adult playground. Travel <laughs> makes people. All bets are off. All bets are off. So of course they're drinking on a plane. Like they're not, they're not at their destination yet and they don't have to be beholden to anybody unless they've got kids or somebody. It is their, f- it's, it's their free time. And it's not like they're in their house where they're going to feel the guilt of being mm-hmm. like, oh my god! If I drink now, I won't be able to pick the kids up. That'll be weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I might be slurring my speech by three o'clock, but it doesn't matter. You're you're going to be fine, unless you have a big meeting in two hours. Go for it, and I love I mean, seeing it.
1: The chances that you're going to be asked to fly that plane are very, very <laughs> minuscule. <laughs> so you're kind of in like the safe zone. Wi-Fi doesn't work. Great yeah. excuse. Even now, it's the one place. I mean, it's not, you know, it's the the airlines are the one place you can honestly say, hey, the Wi-Fi is not working and people will still buy it. Anyplace yes. else in the world, people are like, that's bullshit. Where yeah. you know, it's 2022. The Wi-Fi works. You just don't feel like working. But yes. yeah, I agree. Airplane, suspension of disbelief. It is the playground and play on. I
0: I was going to add that even if they say to me, like, so you're sitting in the emergency row, are you good with it? I'm like, yes. And now can I have a drink?
2: Right, because
0: the idea of being just a little bit tipsy and like helping to inflate the slide is so exciting to me. It's
1: very appealing. Wee! I never
2: thought of that. I think next time I'm in the exit row, I'm going to drink just for that alone, uh, just to be like, it's going to be fun for everybody. We're going to be in a chaotic time, but I'm telling you, you're going to like me a lot more when I'm saving your always.
0: ass. When I'm saving your ass, and I might just open the door for funsies.
1: You right. Know. <laughs> It'd be great. Crank that open. So let me ask you this. Ever since, I feel like the movie Sideways coincided with me like coming of age where I was no longer like drinking to party, yep. but I was like drinking responsibly as an adult with children, yes. you know, and now that's when sort of wine entered my life. You know what I mean? I because there's know. there's a certain cachet uh, to drinking wine. What to you appeals to you about learning about it? and, and drinking wine. Is it that same sort of like I'm adulting now mentality or what is it, Jillian?
0: Okay. So first I'll let me just say to sideways, a fantastic movie. It is a love letter to wine, which I think is so beautiful. It did. The only negative side is that it sort of uh, mocked Merlot. Excuse me. I'm just burping from my Croix. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's like, I'm having an attack. Like, Excuse me. How upsetting would that be? For people watching and listening, i like, no, I'm, we
2: live, we live for these moments, Jillian. Okay. This is like podcast gold.
0: Thank you. It's so, it's so sexy. So I was going to add though that um, it, it downplays Merlot, and Merlot is a, you know, was sort of it. It actually apparently affected the sales of Merlot uh, that movie did, and Merlot is a versatile and beautiful red wine. So I really, I love it. Yeah, it's delicious, and I, I hope people still love it. I will say that. I got my start. I I too loved wine. I worked in the restaurant industry. I know you guys are shocked by that. And I think what would happen when I was living in Chicago, I was working at Second City, but I was at, because I got paid a nickel per touring show, we all did other jobs. And one of them I did was at a small restaurant and we had a nice selection of, by the way, mid-range wines. They weren't super expensive. It was not a fancy place. But I would try every single one of them to the point where my manager would be like, you're disgusting. Please stop. <laughs> but it was after hours. And I'd be like, I really like this one. So I already had this sort of base of being like, I feel more, uh, I'm drinking now wine instead of like pop vodka, which I drank in college and, you know, nail polish remover, vodka and or like well drinks, which are honestly now I think are the grossest Thing ever invented, but uh, on top of that, and this is sort of a shout out to my husband and his businesses. Although he was a musician for many many years, he has two wine bars in here in the Valley, the Valley of California, San Fernando, Sherman Oaks uh, area, and he is a wine nerd. I'm not going to say snob because he, like any of us, would love. There are certain I don't know 14.99 bottles of wine that are just superb. And they don't have to be $4,000. But he would collect uh, both wine and especially old wine. And we'd, we had like this sort of a place where all the rats nested. But that's where he – it was very cold in there. I know, disgusting. But he'd keep all our old – all the wine in there. As, and he called it his wine cellar. And I'm like, don't, don't use that term so liberally because people are going to assume you have a <laughs> wine cellar. and This is where, where rats fuck. And, and leave their feces. They defecate and have sex in here. But and the wine's in a
1: bottle, so it's
0: okay. It's exactly, it's exactly yeah, right. It's like the Titanic. They're like salvaging champagne bottles that Thank you can you. buy that have the champagne. Anyway, yes. Yes. Well, and that, so that was part of his journey is that he really loves old, like uh, vintage wines. And back in the, back like 10 years ago, he could go on Craigslist and there'd be contractors who'd be like, I found this disgusting old wine. I'm dumping it. Does anyone want it uh, $20 just for getting it off? And David's like, I'll take it. And usually it was it was older. The man had died. The wife, who is probably 90, didn't give a crap about the wine. And the wine had been stored well in their cellar basement that they're now tearing it apart. And so David would be like, I'm getting wine from the 30s the 40s to 50s, 60s. And most of them are in great condition. And they were... Beautiful, like there, as they as as he'd point out with older wines, they can sit as, as long as they're above the shoulder, they've probably been kept in good condition and stored in a cool area. It's everything you want. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car; you should love your car. That's why every car we
2: sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping
1: now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. And the best part, you can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
2: How did his love of wine transfer to you? Because sometimes that just stays in one spouse and does not transfer to the other. So how did you get it? That's
0: very true, David. I think that one, I'm a a mild, I want to say mild alcoholic. And I love, I love. Like
2: mild salsa. uh, Like it's.
0: Absolutely. I'm not yet at medium. Oh no, I'm working my way to medium. So (laughs) I'll, I'll be concerned soon, but I have a lot of sober friends and I know I can turn to them and I have a deep respect for people who have more control than me. And, uh, he would drink it all the time. And I felt like I was missing out on certain parts of his conversation because he did talk in that why nerd talk. And I hit that point where I'm like, you know what? fuck it, I cannot just sit here and know about the stems. Oh, I can taste the stem in this, and oh, this is very herbaceous, and hear all the terminology. So, And I'm going to put this on screen. I decided to take uh, my Intro to Sommelier courses back about four years ago.
2: She just held up a very thick binder. It looks like an old
0: Thomas
1: guide for for those in L.A. Oh, I (laughs) love
0: Thomas guides. Oh, page 532 and 694. I miss you. Um, yeah, and this thick this thick book, uh, we spent two days learning about, it was nearly like they were, they had to like speak like um, an auctioneer because they're like, eh, we're going to take you to France. We're going to France right now. We're going to take you to the south of France because it was so much information they had to put in two days. Each day was eight hours and you would do your sections of France, Calif- you know, America, which was broken down, California, and then all the different states that have wine that have some prevalence like... New York state, Oregon, Oregon, Washington, California and then you know, by the way, every state has wine which I had was like, really do I really want to drink Delawarean wine?
2: I was just going to say Delaware wine is not what I'm into.
0: No. <laughs> uh, listen, I've and I'm from New Jersey and I've tried New Jersey wine. I'm like, me oh, too. Where? Where you from? Uh,
2: Marlboro. Marlborough. Oh, Marlboro. Like a it's a
0: lovely area. I'm from. Uh, I was born in Morristown, so.
2: Oh, uh, not far. Not we're like forty five minutes away. Not too
0: yeah, bad. Yeah, you is that you're still in the? I like to call it the head. Don't be grossed out, porn stars. Uh, is it?
2: I'm like I'm barely in the head. I feel like I'm in the I'm in the I'm the, the belt. neck. I feel like yes, scent, yeah, yes, the neck. Yeah,
0: yes, I know exactly where you are. That's right. It's gorgeous. You're very. You know, it, we'd go down to the shore. It was all fun. But I've had yeah, Jersey but, wine. Have you had Jersey wine?
2: That just sounds terrible. Jersey wine sounds like grape juice with uh, some seltzer in it. Listen,
0: you you might find a floating body in it. It's fine. <laughs> it's delicious. Um, it's fine. Let me say this. It's fine. And a lot of times- Jersey wine is blood. Yeah. Jersey wine <laughs> is Ooh, yeah. the blood Probably. of every poor mafioso. <laughs> Uh, manor well,
2: then, how'd you get into California wine? Because so, essentially, essentially, that's supposed to be what we're talking. I know, about and today. it did, like you knew it was gonna
0: never. Well, we live in California, and I have to say, the difference between living in New Jersey, Chicago, and California. When you're here in California, you're blown away by the produce because I'd never been when I moved here 20 years ago, and the amount of excellent wine that is made in California and is comparable to much of European wine, as much as Europeans hate that. It is a, we have such a beautiful collection of wines that are now, our Pinot Noirs can be compared to the Burgundian, uh, French, uh, Pinot Noirs, uh, if not some are better and not to be too dorky, but there was that semi bad movie, but although Alan Rickman was in it, uh, called bottle, I think it was called, um, bottle shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bottle bottle, Shock. bottle Shock. not bottle rocket. Uh, bottle rocket, which was also a great movie with the um, Owen and
2: Luke. Less wine in that movie.
0: Yeah, less wine in that movie. More weirdness. But with Bottle Shock, it's it's called, it's based on this book called The Last Judgment of Paris, and it was took place in the seventies, the late seventies, and it was basically the wines were all blind. the 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 judges are all these snobby Europeans from all over, and they were blinded. You don't see the labels, and they. They were, they, a white wine from California, Chateau Montalena, one, uh, Chardonnay. And then also, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Winnie Winarski's um, um, a Stag, Stag's Leap, uh, Cabernet. So there's a reason. And they were, they were so sort of ashamed that they had unwittingly, uh, given such high marks to, to California wines. So there's a reason California has, although our climate is changing, their wines are beautiful. This book too, last judgment of Paris. I don't care if you're not a wine fan and I like to read anybody's like the, the next horror's best summer read. I don't care. This book is a great like story of intrigue and it's the history of California and how wine was started by the, the monks or not the monks, the brothers, the frères, and how they would come and, uh, they, you know, grew their gross uh, sacrificial, what do you call it? Sacrament, sacrament,
1: sacramental
0: mm-hmm. wine. The sacrament. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I,
2: I want my wine to have more sacrifices involved. Like, oh,
0: my God. I feel of, like it is a sacrifice when I drink too much, right?
2: Hey, yeah. Okay.
0: Probably thank you're, you.
2: Yeah. You're, you're sacrificing tomorrow for today.
0: Thank <laughs> you. I think that should be the name, <laughs> the name of some wine. So... Right. Live in the moment, die tomorrow.
1: So, favorite, I got to, I got to ask, favorite yes. time of, favorite time of day. The day to to drink wine? Three o'clock. Three three o'clock. What's, yeah, what's your, what's everybody has their, you know, kind of like schedule. Is three o'clock
2: your favorite? No. No. If you're a daily
1: drinker, like (laughs) what when, when do you, what happens to your body viscerally when you pour that first glass of wine? Okay. If it's it's daily, weekly, monthly, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying like, this is a day, a random day, you're going to have a glass of wine. What is the process of pouring? How do you feel inside?
0: Okay. I feel so excited. And by the way, this is already a cry for heaven help. And I know that a friend of mine who listens to this will say like, you really should join AA. Uh, Your best time of day to drink wine is really in the late afternoon, early evening. So you drink early enough that you will not be too dehydrated at night and you'll drink enough water. You've got to really Mm -hmm. plan it out. That's the way I look at it. And I would say once I've picked up the kids, obviously, and then I don't have to drive anywhere else again, Then I can sit down and I love it. I love the whole uh, idea of opening the wine. I Mm -hmm. love to take a sip of, you know, smell it first. You know, you learn all that, that stuff with the sommeliers. First you smell it to make sure it's not, you know, to simply put it gone bad. But if it's not uh, turned or it's not a wine that's been stored improperly, you smell it. If it smells okay, all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you've poured it in the glass, you've tasted, you're like, this is goddamn delicious. And then you pour yourself basically (laughs) a fist, not two fingers, you you pour it to the brim, which, by the way, if my husband saw saw that, he'd be like, that's a travesty. That's not how large a glass should be. He's like, that's two glasses of wine. I'm like, that's fine. It's one for me, and I I want to have it with me at all times. I don't put ice in my wine because that's, no, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. So California wines, let me just say this. You have... Because of the climate, the terroir, the, which is the, the, the dirt, the earth, and from which it grows is phenomenal for wines of many sorts, Every so many different kinds of grapes. Uh, and so I think that's why I'm so jazzed by California wine. And a lot of the older wine from California ages well if it's stored properly and it tastes beautiful. So those wines from 1983 that people get all excited about are amazing now because they're Big bombastic Cabernet Sauvignons. And if they've aged like a like a hot guy that is no longer so horny, but more reasonable, that's how I compare my wine. It's a that's lot funny. easier to, to handle and it tastes better and you feel like you can kind of ring it like control it. Yes. If I'm a
2: bird on your shoulder yes. throughout the week, which is a dream of mine, by the way. Uh, a, a bird on my am...
0: shoulder is your dream?
2: Yeah. I didn't know it until I it I don't want to freak out you loud. out, but
0: right now I've got a female grouse sitting right on my shoulder.
2: <laughs> that bitch. How does she do it? I want to be her. Um, how often would I hear you be talking about wine throughout the week?
0: Can I be totally honest with you? I would talk about it very infrequently now because I feel like people would be concerned. <laughs> and because i'm not in the business i it, it it would be very upsetting to people if i was like we get it you really like wine and you have certain uh, tastes that you like because i like more acid drier tanniny puckery uh both whites and reds i like them to i like the reds to be like i'm kissing a hobo that's smoked a cigar and his lips are very leathery mhm uh.
2: I saw those notes on a on, a,
0: <laughs> Basically, on I, the
2: bottle the other day. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was going to say if Nick Nolte woke up in the morning, I just kiss him on the mouth and be like, "There it is. I'm done. This is perfect. That, that, check that off it. the list." Yes. Thank what you.
1: What do you think makes wine such a social thing? I guess because you, you share know? I it. Mean, it's shared. But there's it's, other, like, inebriating substances that we share that are legal. So what is it about wine that has this, like, whole, like, social system built around it?
2: Yeah, you're not on here today, Jillian, talking about hard seltzer. There's a reason oh, why it's wine. It's, why I love wine? hard
1: seltzer. I don't.
2: You do? I, oh, gosh, oh, I hate okay. hard
0: seltzer. I love beer and I love wine <laughs> and tequila. So I would say that because wine the process of making wine and i'm going to say good wine not like the box wine we were making fun of earlier or like really cheap wine but a a decent wine which you can still buy like we said for 14.99 knl has great deals i don't work for knl but you go to a, like a silver lake wine or you go to these places and you buy that 14 dollar bottle of wine the amount of work those nerds put in to actually growing those grapes And going through the process of picking and processing and fermenting and barreling and aging is so special. And then to actually get the opportunity to drink it, you're drinking something that was made two or three years ago, so there's history to it. And if you're fancy, you drink a bottle of wine that might be 10 years old or older or five years old, and you realize, oh, this was made on x on X year, what was happening in my life five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago. And so you think about the history that is implied with wine, the amount of work that goes in and how this stupid grape can make all these different flavors. And I know some people would argue, oh, but it's juniper berry grape. But the vast, uh, I don't know, flavors and work and the way people Live and breathe wine is, I think, so much more astounding and profound, and I think that's why it is so special. It's so delicate or it's so robust. I mean any word you can use in any language to describe a person you can describe a wine with. Does that make sense?-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you could say this is insidious, and you can also say that this is um, an enigma, and it would you could still it could still be connected to a wine.
2: Well, I think what's special about what you're sharing, Jillian, is the appreciation of the process and the appreciation of the journey that, like you said, like a little grape can go so many different ways. Because here's the thing. You're saying it like we should all appreciate it. There are people out there who can give a rat's butt that they just open a bottle of wine and drink it and make them happy and they move on. They're drunk. or, Or it's just like, it's fine the The idea that everyone appreciates wine the way I'd say a good chunk of people like, yeah. in our life appreciate it, or even a Somali obvi- obviously would appreciate it, but not people. Not everyone appreciates that. So the fact that you're saying, "Well, there's this journey," it's like, why do you – now I'm going to go a little deeper? Please, why do you think? Don't don't let's not assume that everyone appreciates that journey. Why do you, Jillian Vigman of Fame and Fortune? Oh, and the so valley,
0: much fame and so much fortune.
2: Why do you appreciate the journey of the grape?
0: I'll tell you why, and I'm going to make it a, a larger statement. I think that we live in a world with so much internet stuff now, right? Which doesn't necessarily require craftsmanship it does that's not fair i think we no longer make things the way we used to oh i want to sound like such an old person but i don't care anymore i grew up <laughs> go it for is, it i grew up in the 70s and i was thinking about this and i think people do this still today but i grew up in a time where in my household i watched my parents grow like my mom would try try to make her own yogurt she, my dad made his own Uh, wine, which was hysterical. Again, Jersey, but he, um, (laughs) I think something about the 70s, which I miss is like a lot of people that's, and it's sort of coming back. I think a lot of people are now making a lot of their own things. Like they're, they're fermenting things and they're, they're crafting things and they're growing fruits and vegetables. They're not necessarily butchering their own animals, but you know, let's, let's, we got to keep that down a notch, but I would say that it's the idea of the craftsmanship behind wine that I find, like when you have a nice piece of furniture, when you wear a nice watch, when you think about the work that goes into something, it's nearly, it feels like the antithesis of Amazon sort of. And I think we all sort of miss that and whether we miss it because it's somewhere deep down in our, um, our bones, I don't know, the way that we are as humans, we, we do and we make and we consume. But I think that the whole idea of the amount of work and sort of sweat, blood, and tears, as we would say, that goes into the making of wine is the same way you would feel about someone growing a garden or- Knitting. Knitting or making a table. And I find all of those things super sexy. It's the process. It is the always it's, the it's, process.
1: It's the process and enjoying the process as much as you enjoy the result. You know, yes. In a result-driven society, work-wise, you know, we're in the same industry. It's always about the result. The result. It's not. You can't yes. take time for the process. It's Wine not the is sausage about the process. Making.
0: I want to know how the sausage is made. It's honestly sounds and I, as gross as it is. Take me to that slaughterhouse so I can see them stuffing a pig's intestine. Did anyone else just get turned on because I did? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, some,
2: I see some blood rushing into your eyes. Thank
0: so. you. That that might be my uh, scleral buckle. I had. it So, have right you
1: now. experienced the the winemaking process yourself? Have you actually taken the initiative to be like, I think I'm going to start to cultivate my own Jillian wine. Oh, <sighs> wouldn't
0: that be fun? Where would I do it? T- uh, uh, Temecula. I feel like that's the only place around here. In that the rat basement. <laughs> Oh, that, right, that we don't live there. It's such a shame. We don't live in that feces, uh, fuck palace anymore. But I think I you got to go to Temecula. I, I think, think it, Temecula, so I can, yeah. I'll gamble, I'll gamble my fortune away. Yes. After I make it from I'll the wine. I'll go with you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I will say that I have not had that opportunity and Dave and I, my husband and I have looked into like, do we buy the grapes because we have nowhere to grow? It's, you know, it's unlike Italy. Like, uh, yes, many years ago when I was younger and I, uh, lived like a hobo. I remember being on a train through like the Italian countryside and seeing in people's little backyards their tiny, tiny plots for grapes. And I think that was like, (gasps) I, I found that to be like tomatoes and grapes. And I thought that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. We don't have uh, our backyard is concrete, but I would say like I would love to buy the grapes and ferment them and see if we could actually do the process. And the closest I've come to that is uh, making beer because I am a man who wants to grow my facial hair out and only mm-hmm. read presidential autobiographies and make beer.
1: And do and, crosswords. You're my father-in-law?
0: I am not only your father-in-law, but I am everybody's father-in-law. I like I'll <laughs> tell you all about Harry Truman and then I'll make you a nice
1: pale ale. Oh, you know, there's okay. two vineyards in Los Angeles County, and one is off the 405. Oh,
0: oh yes, I've had their yeah. wine, and it is fucking amazing. Yeah, mm. and it's very hard to get because it's a very small. Uh, it, it's very like a, small. Uh, uh, the homeowners are the ones who grow, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and it was uh, again. I'm I'm pitching my husband's bar to everybody at Dave's Bar, Augustine Wine Bar uh, on Ventura. Sherman Oaks.
1: On Ventura uh, Boulevard. Yes, thank
0: you. But they had, oh gosh, what is it called? If I'm not mistaken, it was a Cabernet Sauvignon. And it was excellent. It was a mm. a beautiful, well-balanced, it was great. It was not cheap, but it was great.
1: Would you venture into the reds, the whites? Where would you start? Let's just hypothesize <sighs> that you're going to go ahead and work on the process. What What grape and what sort of... What's your entry point? I think, again, Claire, I wish I knew more about it in terms
0: of what, it's a little bit like my beer making, which is I I would go for the easiest first. You want to go for the one that you have the less likely that you're going to screw up. I like that. I think that would be the way to go. That's called succeeding. I think, (laughs) start start with low expectations, the way I feel about my children. I have very low expectations about both of them, but I will say that it, similarly i think you have to find out what grapes are available you know you don't want to start with pinot noir because that's so difficult and it's so delicate you have to go with something hardier that you can't screw up so i can't mm-hmm. even give you the right answer to that yet um but i will say to take this sommelier course was an eye opener and i will say what was so cool about it was you spend these two days and i thought oh i'm going to be one of the oldest people here it's going to be just young Amazing young women who are all because so many more women are now going into Mm -hmm. the sommelier business, and they say it's because they're a lot of them are have excellent uh, palates or like super tasters, which I am not. I can barely taste anything, I just so I that's why I have to drink more and eat more because I'm like, I can taste it now. (laughs) I think that's chocolate, but I love that I walked in and it was a lot of women, but it was a lot of. Guys, guys and gals, from the age of like sixty down to twenty one and it was such a bizarro mix of people, which I loved and at the end of each section, you would do a tasting mm. of the wine, so you'd cut- you'd leave and you'd look shit over and then they you'd come back and you, all your glasses were set up, and the master psalms would then have us all go through and give all our notes about the color what the clarity. Uh, the the notes on tasting and then that poor sucker would who'd be the end would have to be like my guess is it is a sans serre and I think it's from this part of the Loire Valley and I think it is my guess is 2014 or something and it's so mm-hmm. it was a really scary and cool to be a part of that and everybody had to do it
2: okay okay two Buck chuck, thoughts on that Disgusting California wine,
0: I know, disgusting. Not disgusting. I just, I'm not a fan. Well, Trader Joe's. By the way, for
2: those who don't know, some people don't know this is Trader Joe's, which I believe do they still
0: 99? I'm Oh, it's moved up. I'm. By the way, that's not fair. I have not had a two buck chuck in a while. I also have the the privilege, and I'm very grateful of getting. I can ask Dave like a child that's parent whose parent owns a candy shop. Like, could tonight? I'd really like a Chablis,
1: and he'll bring me. Eschewably, e- if I'm so lucky. I love that. Now I feel like you know I feel like two buck Chuck isn't even really a good example because it's that that wine is really for utility drinkers, you know, which yeah, is fine. That's it. The, but they're look looking the for shakes. quantity. They yes. need. I'm
2: just saying, there's people quantity. out there listening to this podcast who have never gone beyond two buck Chuck, and I, I want to see if if we're allowing them uh, some passability, but we are telling them no. No, we that's not fair. Must we must. It, we no. must it serves abilities. a purpose.
1: It's it's like anything else on the uh, spectrum of life. There's a purpose for Two Buck Chuck. It doesn't maybe fit into my purpose. <laughs> but for somebody out there who's interested in, you know, quantity of consumption, I guess it's a good wine. Well said, Claire. I will say,
0: I will put Two Buck Chuck, it is unfair that I would say something terrible about it. Uh, maybe it is the Budweiser of wines and therefore some people be like, yeah, sometimes I don't feel like like spinning my glass around and sticking my nose in and and talking about it. All I want to do is drink it, cry a little bit and then eat this like (laughs) shitty Alfredo sauce right out of the can. (laughs) So, and that's F- what it's With, for. with a
2: spoon. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cause it's already, it's gelatinous. And it, it so might. we're
2: saying it's cry wine. It's cry wine. Oh,
0: it's cry wine. It's close to die wine. It's, it's all this. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I think if I'm not mistaken, it is California and they just take whatever that's left over. So it's sort yes. of like the dregs. It's like if you were to, it's like a hot dog. <laughs> it is a get, I love hot dogs. So how dare I judge. But they
2: still have guys, it's not just like blends. It's like there's, there's Chuck, which is, cab. There's two buck which is Yeah, Merlot. I didn't know that. Like, there, there I thought it was different. just it's not just like Well, the wine, urban legend
1: grapes. from way long ago, long, long ago, was that an airline was going out of business yes, and Trader Joe's this. bought the whole airline's private stock of alcohol, which turned out just to be an urban legend. That's hysterical. Yeah, that was like that. when it first came out. And then, of course, when, you know, Snoops made its appearance on the web, that was disproven pretty quickly, but... Anyway, I thought you were yes. about
0: to say that Snoop Dogg has a wine. I'm like, oh, I gotta try that.
1: He's got weed. He will. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: sure if he doesn't, he will in a second. Yeah, right. Also, Jillian, if I'm out to dinner with you, uh, and it's like a, it's a table of whether it's just Murata, you know, it's Dave and you and me and my wife. Are you? Will I hear audibly from you anything when I'm ordering my wine, yes. or do you keep those thoughts to yourself? No, always?
0: you know, if we were to do a, a, a bottle. Let's say that we start with one bottle, probably go to a couple more. Uh, although Dave is oddly a light drinker for his knowledge of wine. I would always defer to my husband because that's what women should do. Thank you, 2022. Just kidding. But I would say that his knowledge is better than mine. I think, say you were to go out with us and you were to defer to us, just just per se. Uh, I would always ask you, what when I had the opportunity to sort of be a... Um, an apprentice at his bar like i i worked there cuz i thought i was going to be able to work there and i realized i paying a babysitter and working there were sort of canceled them each of each other out so i instead i just drink there when i can but i worked there for a little bit and i watched how the the people behind the the counter the bartenders a lot of them are at some 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 level or they have a knowledge of wine or they're Great fakers, and they're hilarious about it because they know like there's six bottles that everyone likes, and they'll always present those six bottles. However, most people have a, a deeper, a deeper breadth of knowledge of this. I would ask you questions like, Do you like it more fruity? Do you like it more puckery? Do you uh, like things that are like a, a, you know, I'd ask the questions of like, What I would ask. Anybody, like, what do you like to drink? And a lot of times people get very intimidated and they're like, oh, I don't know, something red? And I'm like, yeah, great, you like red. Do you like it like leather? Like, do you want it to be Nick Nolte's breath on you? Or do you want it? Do you
2: like taking people through the process? I do. I think it's fascinating. Is this something that you look forward to? This would be maybe the thing you might most look forward to at the dinner.
0: Oh God, no. I think I'm more interested in the, the juicy gossip and their rage and hate. <laughs> okay. But isn't it fun to see how people think and what they like? I yeah. always find that interesting. So I yeah. think there's something really interesting when you're like, oh, I never suspected that Thema would love a, a drier white. She always seemed like she'd some like something fruitier. I don't know. But my point is, I drinking wine with dinner is, is such a treat I think that it always heightens the meal. Now, I say this, and I have, a, like I said, a lot of sober friends. God bless them. Uh, they are stronger people than me because I think there's something so special about it. Um, but I also like beer. You know, I could talk about that, too. And I don't know why I do and that. And we
2: will. We're gonna ha- and we're going to have you on for that. Uh, what is Couple. also a treat, Jillian, yes. is this entire conversation. <gasps> I can't believe this is the end because what? I feel like we could keep going for I know. this is. I'm sick of it. I know.
0: Did I let you guys down?
2: No. no. Let me
0: say three things really quickly and they'll be fast. Oh, go for if it. you are interested in wine, whether you're a two-buck chuck or you think you're fancier, this Last Judgment of Paris is a great book. Anything, that Cork Dork book, which sounds so dorky, but it's about a tech writer, journalist who uh, decided to take the year off and study to be a sommelier. And it is such an entertaining, dorky look into what it takes to be a psalm. And then lastly. Oh, I think I I lost my train of thought. Oh, all anything by Jay McInerney who is the one who did um uh what movie did he do? Not Bright Lights Big City. No. What was his uh movie? Is it uh Bright Lights Big City?
2: I want to help you. I don't have I don't have the information that you need.
0: He was like an 80s uh screenwriter, but he writes a lot about wine and he's really funny. He might be a little bit uh of a macho dude, but his writing about wine is pretty hilarious and spot on.
2: Would you regale us with a love letter to that which you adore, Jillian?
0: Wine, specifically California wine. You are like the bird that sits on my shoulder that David wishes he could see that's invisible to him. You are the nectar that men and women have lived and died by and will be so until this world ends. You wine, you California wine, are the, I would say the, oh, my dog is here. Uh, my dog would drink you. That's how wonderful you are, wine. You are deep, you are shallow, you are forever. Love, Jillian.
1: Perfect. Oh my gosh. How uh, Jillian, fun.
3: This was a delight.
0: Oh, you guys were amazing. Thank you so much.
3: Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Well, that was definitely an enjoyable podcast because not only do I love Jillian, I love wine and (laughs) it's just fun to talk about the process with someone who, like, I I brought that word up and I'm like, oh, that's so like LA, like the process, the practice, the it's it's about the moment, not the result. But it is true. I mean, that's what life is about, you know? It's about... It's about the journey, not the destination. So the journey of the grape to the glass, if you will. That's a good title, by the way, for a book, Grape to Glass. (laughs) I'll give that to someone out there, some author. um, Is more interesting than just the pouring of the wine and drinking, you know? I think that's what what I sort of am reflecting about after the conversation. I think you're right.
2: Personally, I believe life is more enjoyed if you enjoy lay back a little bit and and let it be a little more of a a lazy river because if you fight if you fight it it's going to be rough and also if you're just looking for the results it's probably going to let you down so i think a lot of people don't unfortunately enjoy the process but you know i think we're all we at least the three of us jillian you and me are all in agreement that our lives are are better when we do. And so I think this is a great learning lesson, of course, you know, who knew that the wine conversation was going to take us there, but you know, that's, I think what makes wine so special. And Jillian is fucking hilarious boy. I have, you guys ever drank wine together? Cause I would love to just be, a, again, a bird oh, on the shoulder yes. there.
1: <laughs> well, we have river and Ben are in the same grade and then Katie and sky are in the same grade. So we've, you know, been at schooled it for eight years together, but it's funny. Just to talk about the process and the result for one more second. Sure. I feel like if you are all about the result, then that's that's a moving target. That's never gonna. You're never gonna. You're never gonna attain. Oh, you're,
2: you're doomed. You're doomed. Yeah. I think. I, I do. I think. But uh, part you're, of the
1: part yeah. of the tying it all in <laughs> the enjoyment of drinking wine is you get to talk about the pro- you get to talk about life. It, it, there is something about like you know, I. I try not to get drunk anymore, <laughs> but a glass of wine or two is fun. It's social. And if I'm in a period where I'm okay with those extra calories and okay bringing that on board my body, then it can it can be a conversation. Pe- it's part of the conversation and it's also a conversation facilitator, I feel like. I don't know. Do you agree, David? We didn't really, I asked the question and then she diverged. I said, why do you think that this Substance has become such a social substance. And so I'm curious, do you have a perspective on that?
2: She didn't answer it because we didn't, you know, we popped around everywhere. But even when I proposed the idea of like going on a theoretical double date with her, she said, like, what if we're going to share a bottle? Like, even that, right? Just the idea of a bottle Mm -hmm. of wine versus a shot of tequila a bottle of beer as a personal thing. Like a bottle of wine is a shared, typically a shared thing. And so that already is creating a social element. So clearly it's fun for her. And it is for me too. It is fun to be at a table or to have friends over and sit in my backyard and crack open a bottle of wine. And it's like the right size too, right? You're not going to go, you know, it's because there does, the inebriation is a major part of this thing as well. This isn't just like, sitting eating marshmallows you know oh, I'm a little stuffed that by the end someone you gotta make sure you can drive home and this and that so there is it's the right size you know do you want to open two bottles do you want to open three that's a whole nother thing but it is definitely conversation based I feel like it's not just like hey I'm drinking there's something about can I pour you a little bit more you can be like Michael Scott from The Office one of my favorite quotes where he takes a sip of wine once and he says oh that's an mm. oaky after birth um <laughs> It's just, you can have your own conversation with wine versus you're not going to have a lot of conversation sitting around cracking open them, cans of LaCroix. There's something about wine that is, sits you down, special, and a process. Or you can two-buck chuck Utility. it, right? And just like you said, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about quantity. That is also a life lesson. That's you that's going to be a bad day tomorrow, you know, but you can also, you know, hey, if you're in college and you want to pretend to be a grown up for a bit, have some friends over, get a two buck chuck and you can have like play pretend and just act like, ooh, like we're having a bottle of wine and we're having a night and we're sitting by a campfire. So, you know, it's it is a fun thing. It's a really fun thing. And I i am excited to have her on today for being able to reflect on just the joy of that. And now it makes me want to watch Sideways again. And I've never seen Bottle Shock. I have, have and Bottle it's a Shock? great movie. I've and I've it. read
1: that book too, but it's been several years. And speaking of, you should go visit Augustine. Yes. Their wine bar on Ventura, if you're in Los Angeles. It is phenomenal. I've been there quite a few times over the years, over the over the moons of the schools. Uh, and it's a lovely place. So I encourage you to do that. This has been a great uh, episode, David. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I I feel like I want to take that class, but I always feel that way at the end of a good episode. We'll see if I feel that way tomorrow. I know. Maybe it's something I'll do when my kids move out. You know what I am I'm already thinking about that, by the way, as like a person. I'm already thinking about that next decade. So it's it's on the horizon for me. And I'm going to be sad, but I'm also going to enjoy some things, like maybe that class.
2: Well, speaking of the process, I was thinking earlier today, not to get too uh, into the clouds, but the anticipation of something good. Sometimes is even more enjoyable than the actual thing itself, don't you agree?
1: Um, like- it can be. Yes.
2: Like knowing that there's like a dinner date coming up later in the week versus the actual date. Like thinking about it all week can almost be as enjoyable as the dinner date itself. Like knowing there's a bottle of wine that you're going to crack. Knowing that your children will one day be out of the house can almost be.
1: Well, I will be <laughs> sad about that because I'll, I'll be lonely. But yes, I, I agree. The anticipation of something. It's like a great vacation. That's why, you know, some people take pleasure in the whole planning process. Again, the like process. the plan, like the process. Here's what we're going to do then this time. The, then we're going to do this. Then here's what we're gonna to eat yeah. you know so i i definitely agree um i agree with you david magadoff
2: thank you for that guys we hope you enjoy the process of our podcast it didn't just happen overnight we have created a litany of episodes that you can listen to and uh we put our our hearts and our minds and our voices and our butts into it so we hope you've uh, enjoyed Claire and I's fruits of our labor yes. of our wine labor um, so we have wonderful podcast episodes you can listen to. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share, and click, and just all those enjoy, things. Enjoy with a glass of wine if you so desire. Yes. What would our podcast pair well with Claire?
1: I think it would pair well. You know, I feel like Jillian brought up a good point. Merlot got a got a raw deal from Sideways, so I'm going to mm. say pour yourself a glass of Merlot. It's a classic, just like. You know, just like we are fanatics, just like fanatics, classics, um, and classics pair well together. So
2: yeah, nice and easy. All right, we'll see you next Thursday. Bye, guys.
1: Bye. And before we let you guys
2: go, let me tell you about next week's guest. Oh wait, I can't. Why? Because it's a special secret super guest. That's it. I wish I could say more, but they phase me away somewhere, like you do. All right. See you next Thursday.
1: Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive Producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry.
2: Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for
1: our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode.
2: Oh, I want to be a bird who lives on Jillian's shoulder. She likes to drink wine, especially when
1: it's older. What the fuck? Two buck chuck. I approve this message you're playing with
0: me, right?
2: You can binge The Bachelor of Buckingham Palace exclusively on Wondery+. Join Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app.